Hawkeye Nation, it is Men on Melrose. This is your host, Jack Forrester, co-host Max Cooper. Coop Dog, how are we feeling, brother? Feeling freaking great, baby. It's going to be a hell of a ride on this podcast. Let's go. We have some insights. We got an interview with Spencer Petrus. We got the quarterback battle. Insights to what the offense might look like this year. And really... Is Iowa going to make it to Indianapolis for a second game? I guess we'll have to find out. Let's go. We are hyped to bring you this podcast. We want to bring you in-depth coverage of not only Hawkeye football, but athletes all over the country. Right now, spring ball just ended. Coop just graduated. We're here. Coop, what do we think? Men on Melrose, what's the plan? You know, it's going to be a hell of a ride. Uh, just graduating now that I'm in the fan role. I'm beyond excited to hit the tailgates. Um, see what the uh, being a true Hawkeye fan is all about. You know, growing up as a kid, I never I never really even knew what being a Hawkeye fan was. I was always a Michigan State fan growing up. I know, boo. It's, at least it's not a Michigan fan. But I'm pumped, you know. I'm so excited to go to the games. Uh, you know, our goal for the podcast to have those live shows at the tailgate getting you guys rowdy, getting people, uh, getting people excited to come watch us talk about Iowa football and athletes in general. You know, our goal is to get inside, um, every locker room, not just Iowa football, but, um, NFL locker rooms, other college locker rooms. So, uh, we're definitely excited for the ride and we're excited to have you guys along with us. That's right. Let me paint a picture because Coop, you've never experienced tailgate life as a fan it doesn't start on Saturday. You roll in. I've had one whole year as an alumni. I'm excited for many more. You roll in. It's Friday afternoon. Airliner is calling your name. You go. You grab your lunch. You grab your dinner. You hit your pregame. Bush lights flowing. Number one thing Friday night is the band. Whether you're at Brothers, you're at Airliner, wherever they, wherever else they go, I don't know. I've seen them at those too. That will get the blood flowing. So now you take yourself into Saturday. You get on Melrose. You get Tailgate Central. I've seen all of Hawkeye Nation 
black and gold all out on Melrose Street. It is a sight to see. We need Kinnick at night this year. Hopefully, Michigan fans, we hope to get you a live show. Hopefully, Michigan game again. But that is something that we need. Bush light on tap. So, Coop, we're coming out of spring practice. Give us some insight. You know, you just, this is your first spring practice not being on the team. What goes in as a mindset? One, going in and coming out of spring camp, heading right into summer. What do you think is the players competing? Who are some names to watch? And kind of what kind of fun starts to happen once spring camp ends? Oh, yeah. You know, spring balls, it's a hell of a time. Uh, it's definitely a time where you focus as much as you can on football because you're still in the school year. So you got your social life, you got school, and you got football. Um, and it's really a time for those younger guys and those guys who are second, third-year guys to develop into, you know, their roles in the team. And some of those guys are going to be starters. Some of those guys are going to be backups. And those guys who are backups got to get ready for when those starters have to come off the field at some point for if they're tired or something happens. Um, so it's definitely a time to focus on getting your fundamentals right. And uh, it's a grind. It's definitely a grind. It's uh, as much as you can put an effort, uh, put as much effort forth um, because it's a long, it's a long month uh, playing just football. But, uh, you know, these guys are definitely ready for the summer. I'm sure uh, going back to when I was in spring ball, after the spring game, you know, they hit the spring game to scrimmage. You get playing in front of fans for the first time in, uh, since the season, and uh, the adrenaline's flowing. It's fun. Once it's over, your family's there. You get to hang out with them. You get to hang out with your friends. Um, kind of let loose a little bit. Uh, you get a couple weeks to uh, do conditioning and uh, strengthen up a little bit before summer. And then once summer hits, it's, it's full go towards the season. You know, it's a lot of conditioning. It's a lot of uh, heavy hitting, um, lifting some heavy weights, running a lot of sprints in uh, the heat of the summer and that turf gets like 110 degrees. So it's uh, it's definitely a grind, but the end of the tunnel is the season. So there's definitely a lot at the end of the tunnel. These guys are uh, very excited, very excited for summer and uh, they're ready to go. I know for a fact they are. I've been hearing a lot of, a lot of news coming from uh, spring ball, a lot of guys uh, turning some heads. So I'm definitely excited for the season. It's going to be a hell of a ride. You know, Kirk, Brian Ferentz, they have decisions to make. Uh, whether that be the QB battle, the running backs are up and coming right now. A lot of young guys out there, but I think it's a promising year for the Hawkeyes as many starters return. Um, I think something that we want to do as a podcast is really bring our listeners some insight into the locker room, get to know these players, bring them – the personal aspect of this. We have a great interview with Spencer Petras. He's going to give us the rundown today. Um, you know, what he's seen through spring ball, how he's preparing for the next season, how we're going to make the Big Ten championship. We're going to see Hawkeye Nation take over Indianapolis again. Coop, something you didn't see last year. One of the coolest sights is every bar in Indianapolis because Michigan fans don't drink. Put that on record. You're a Michigan boy, aren't you? Michigan and Wisco. Oh, I am. I am. I'm more, uh, you know, my, my parents are from uh, Michigan, but uh, I grew up in Wisconsin. So I, I, I'd probably take credit as being a Wisconsin boy. And, uh, you know, Wisconsin gets after it. Michigan, you know, it's a little iffy, especially Michigan fans and the Michigan fan base. 
The, I don't the know. absolute worst. You get into town, <laughs> you get into town in Indianapolis, and I'm not even kidding. Until I got into the stadium, everyone looks around. It's all Hawkeye fans. I was playing Purdue and basketball that night, the Friday night. All Hawkeye fans in every single bar. You know, we're walking to the stadium. And we're like, when did Michigan fans get here? Fan base for the big time. Give me, honestly, give me Nebraska. Give me Wisconsin fan bases over that. We want hard-nosed football and a lot of fun. They were just, oh. Anyways. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't wait. That is circled on our calendars. We're going to be in Iowa City for Iowa-Michigan this year. Can't wait for that. And also, fans, this is a fully interactive podcast. We want you guys giving us every update, what you guys want to hear, what guests you want on the pod. You let us know. We deliver. We are a podcast for the people delivering positive news from the Hawkeye locker room. And Jack, Oop. let me let me hop let me hop in there. It's all positive news. You know, a lot of these a lot of these guys get a lot of shit on Twitter, a lot of shit from the media. It's a tough job what they got to do. You know, and uh, it's definitely something that we talked to Spencer in uh, coming up in the the uh, interview and uh, we're all positive vibes here. You know, we're all, we're spreading positivity. We're showing the, the positive side, the fun side of these guys. And uh, you know, they're just, they're just college students living their life and having fun playing a game as a sport, playing a sport as a job and they're having fun doing it. And it's way more fun when people are giving them positive energy instead of negative energy. And Rose Ave, you know what you're going in to watch. I think of one play, we talk about it on the pod. One of Gus Johnson's best calls, Petrus to Reganey, Penn State, Iowa, Kinnick Stadium, loudest it's ever been. Hawkeye Nation, let's take a ride. Men on Melrose is here to deliver the content you want, the content you're here for. Let's go. Hey, hey, good day, America. We have the Iowa Hawkeye quarterback, Spencer Petrus, with us today. Uh, Spencer, how are we doing in Iowa City right now? Uh, Jack, doing great, man. Um, you know, it's still cold. <laughs> Late April, still cold, but, uh, you know, it's good. It's good to be on with the boys. You know, I miss, miss you guys. Um, Coop with a shameless plug of uh, Keith Duncan kicking. It's pretty good. Keith Duncan yeah, kicking, that's big time. Shout out. <laughs> Shout out. Yeah, I love if get, it. If we get any screaming, who, who do we got playing uh, Fortnite there? Yeah, Tyler Underbaum's in the other room playing Fortnite. Uh, <laughs> Fortnite no build, the new game mode. Uh, so also by Wi-Fi to go. sucks. Blame it on him. Yeah. That's what I'm talking talking, about. All, the, talking all the bandwidth. <laughs> All right, so I mean, we gotta we we gotta talk a little bit of football while we have here. This is your this is your first football podcast, if I'm correct. Uh, I mean, yeah, you know, I went on Jabo's I went on Jabo's podcast in 2020. Um, you know, Coop Coop wishes he could have been on it. Uh, never got asked, unfortunately. <laughs> um, but but I did I did I did get asked and I went. Um, so I mean, yeah, you know, it was it was football, but it was before I ever played, so it was kind of. Kind of weird. So, uh, yeah, first podcast in a while for sure. That's right. I mean, now you got the crowd under you. I'm going to be honest. Actually, every game that I've gone to so far, of yours, you've gotten injured in. So, maybe we'll have to change oh. that up. Oh, yeah. 
Jack, please never come to a game again. <laughs> All right, that sucks. So, we're we're gonna try and do a live show one of the games, so now we can't. That's do that. right. Yeah, Michigan. Yeah, no. yeah, we're gonna try and make it up there a live show, but. All right, first game we had, <laughs> we, we, you, you got to take us through this. So the Indiana game, first game of the year, they're ranked 17, we're 18. You go full body on the line, like we don't have 12 games left. You know, we make it to yeah. 12 games left. Human helicopter right behind Lindy. <laughs> take us, take um, us through what goes through your head in that. Yeah, so it actually – it stemmed like I'd been thinking about that play for a while because I knew we were gonna call it. I knew we were gonna call it uh, by Tuesday of that week, um, and it, it actually like a flashback to uh, when we played Wisconsin in '19, uh, and, and we ran that same play on the, the to get the two point conversion to tie it. And I remember like I had a conversation with Amir one time about how like he you know he wished Stanley would have jumped because um, if he jumped like especially with how much I weigh, um, you know, it's, it's hard to like stop someone when they're in the air. So like the entire week I was like, if it's, if it's close, like I'm, I'm fucking jumping. Um, and so we called the play and like, just, you know, like just instinct took over, uh, almost got Lindy hurt. Lindy was down for a bit, which was definitely a lot scarier than me being hurt. Um, but, but yeah, got a, got a pretty good bruise on the, on the, on the butt. Um, that, that did not feel very good. That's right. Spence, That's right. Spence loved – he loved walking around after that because he looked like an old man. Like literally like he was showing every, – yeah. like, every person I saw, he was like, yeah, you guys want to see a wicked bruise and we just pull his pants down and show his butt. <laughs> like my entire like, right – Dude, chill it my, for a second. My, actually, my entire left – I think it was my left ass cheek. <laughs> um, but it was like completely purple. Like the entire – the entire like cheek – down to upper thigh, like purple and and brown, and it like turned green, like one of those bruises. It was it was gnarly. What a beast! <laughs> I was, yeah, I was right, speaking of that. Speaking so of that, you, you bring up weight. So articles are being thrown around that you are losing weight this off season. What, what are we doing? Dieting, or you just running around? How are we how are we taking that? Yeah, you know a lot of dieting. Um, you know, really, uh, I'm trying to think of something funny, but uh, really, I just yeah, just dieting, not eating a lot of food. Um, you know, cutting out the 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 uh, you know the the craft beer stuff like that that really isn't good for for the body weight. Um, yeah, I got down to like two twenty six. Um, I'm probably like two twenty eight and a half right now. I gained a couple pounds, but yeah. At one point, he was. I think I had a higher body composition than you did. Maybe two years in a row, actually. Uh, I was yeah, yeah. You know how to eat. I was a little. I was like eight, I was eight, eight hot dogs deep, two weeks in a row. <laughs> Grand Rapids. Coney dogs. It's ever yeah. Ever Coney dogs are killers, dude. They throw Coney more dogs. on the Coney dog than the usual Coney dog. They'd be throwing a whole meal into a hot dog. Right. I had to get it. Like you, you can't right. pass that. So who, who told you you had to be losing weight? Is that a personal decision or did KF come up and say, hey, Spencer, it's time to lose some weight? Yeah, he said, hey, fats, let's drop a couple pounds. Um, <laughs> no, uh, no. It was it was basically – so like I weighed as much as I did um, just so I could take hits and like survive. Um, but like unfortunately like I didn't. I didn't survive. So – 
then I started to think just like, well, if I weigh this much and it's not keeping me from getting injured, like I might as well lose a little bit of weight to, to try and get a little quicker so I can run away from the guys that are trying to hit me. Um, and, and who knows, I think it'll work. I, I'm running faster than I ever have, but, uh, time will tell, I guess. That's right. So I did some digging. It looks like your junior year of high school, you were a track star. You had the hurdles, you had the 100, and you had a few relays. Can you get back yes. to that speed today? Ooh. Yeah, you know, uh, I probably weighed like 195 pounds or 200 pounds back then, and, and I'm well above that now. Um, but that would be the goal, dude. Like, I was a great – my hurdling, my form was horrible, but I was gritty. Uh, you know, because like a lot of these track – athletes like coop right true coop's a track athlete like not tough not tough go. at all not at all <laughs> not at all so like so like a race like the 300 hurdles or like even the 400 like i would just beat people on mental toughness alone like i would gritty. smoke coop. this is gritty um, you would have absolutely killed me i'd have passed out yeah. 200 <laughs> pretty athletic um but you know i can do my best i can do my best impression that's right. So spring ball came to a close. Um, I mean, a lot of talk has been made that there's being changes uh, with the offense. Can you give us some insight on that? Uh, yeah, you know, without without revealing our hand too much, um, I think we're just we're just making uh, we're making my job easier uh, with with how we're doing things, uh, making it so that I can really. Uh, begin to just see, you know, one or two defenders at a time, um, you know, after my pre-snap read, after the initial part of a post-snap read, and once the ball is snapped, quickly determining what the coverage is. And then at that point, um, we're building our concepts to where uh, I know exactly where to go with the football, um, that really I only have to, to maybe worry about one guy, maybe two on any given play, um, which which is definitely different. Uh, and and I like it because I, I feel like I'm playing faster than I ever have, uh, more decisive than I ever have. Um, so it's definitely exciting. It's definitely exciting. Um, and and I, I was happy with how, how the spring was just offensively. We, we made a lot of progress, I thought. Who, who do you see having a breakout year, you know, with, with Coop gone? Who's going <laughs> to yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, I mean, you know, we talk about guys, guys we're losing on offense. You know, Tyler Linderbaum, mm-hmm. Tyler Goodson, Max Cooper. Um it's it's tough. It's always tough to replace elite elite athletes. Um, but but no, I you know I think I think Sam Laporta like is is the best tight end in college football, and um, I don't really think people talk about him enough. And and so I don't really know if it's a breakout year as much as it's just like a, a revealing year, if that makes sense. Because um, it's not like he hasn't done it. It's just no one's really noticed uh, yet. I don't think. Um, but hopefully that changes this season, and and he has the year that. Um, Tension that I think he deserves. Um, Sam's Sam's gonna be one of those guys, and uh, I'm really happy with how Charlie did all spring. I thought he looked really good. Uh, Nico was banged up. Keegan was banged up, but but Arlen looked looked really good um, as well. So any any of those guys, and then I think our two running backs uh, that we have, LeSean and, and Gavin Williams. Um, I think they're both really good players. Like they they both are really tough, really physical. Uh, you know both. You know, it's like you almost you live for like third and one with those two guys. Like you, you want to see them running downhill and and trying to get a first down like that. So I'm excited for all those guys. I mean, this is for the fans here. Can we expect the long ball this year? 
I mean, chicks dig the long ball and Hawkeye fans chicks dig, dig the long, long ball. ball. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, I, I I dig the long ball too. Um, yeah, you know, I think I think we we were better uh, in twenty one uh, with the long ball than we were in twenty, and um, we we made some changes there, and uh, you know, I, I saw some growth there this this spring. Um, only time will tell, but. I definitely think so because that's – especially in the Big Ten, the more you can hit of those, you know, when we're talking games against teams like Wisconsin or or whoever where it's it's a low-scoring game, it's going to be a low-scoring game. Um, if you can connect with explosive plays, like it totally changes everything. Now, especially this spring, you go into spring camp and you have a different quarterback coach. You know, I've seen a lot of articles. Ken O'Keefe was one of the reasons you ended up at Iowa. Um you, you had high praise for him. What do you kind of see um, help you develop with Brian, your offensive coordinator, also as your quarterback coach now? Yeah, so I think one thing that um, that it, it's been good is just like you, you want the coordinator in the room with the quarterbacks, I think. It's just it helps with a lot of stuff. Um, you know, just just because if there's if there's any two guys that need to be on the same page, it's it's the quarterback and the offensive coordinator, and and so the more time I can get around him, uh, I just think the better it is, just for my own uh, understanding of of why we're calling plays, right? Like if if we're calling a play on first down, what what is Brian thinking? Is he is he wanting me to take a shot? Is he wanting me to get an easy completion? Is he wanting me to um, you know work through my progression like I normally would? Like what's he wanting me to do? And and that's something that. Um, you know, the only way to fully maximize that relationship, I think, is is to have both guys in the same room like we do now. And um, it, it was great with Coach O'Keefe, uh, great man, great coach. But um, but I don't know. I'm, I'm excited uh, just because I think that uh, that's a that's a that's a plus, you know. And, and we tried, we tried to do as much as we could uh, last year. Brian and I get on the same page, stuff like that. Um, but the more time, the better. What we do have to talk about is the Army. And I'm talking Nico Regani's grandmother <laughs> joining the social media army saying, you don't talk to him like that. What a legend. What a legend. Uh, yeah, Mima, um, just just showing her true colors, going to bat for me. She is she, awesome. She, she is. Um, she's great. A little, a little friendly fire. A little friendly fire, but uh, – we got it. We got it all straightened out. Um, I think. I think she's good. I think she's good now. But yeah, love to see it. Love to see it. I mean, you two get a blue check mark, and you think you're something. Yeah, you got to humble, <laughs> humble yourselves once in a while. <laughs> but next, well, thing you know, know what, was, what was really humbling was was when Max got the the blue check because I was like, that should be. Like, they, it absolutely. They, 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 they hand it out to, to everyone. <laughs> it's, like, it's, like, it's like it's like the Barstool athlete are giving it out to everyone, man. Yeah. Like when I, you know, when I was a young man, that blue check stood for something, and uh, now it's that not. all got it all came crumbling down the day I saw <laughs> the blue check next to your name. What can I say, man? <laughs> all right, so Spencer, we got twelve games circled next season, regular season. Who do you see on there? And you're like, you know what? I got to circle that. Well, you know the the answer is always. Say it. Gotta say circle. it. Just got to circle the first game. South Dakota State. Got to start with the start. Damn but, straight, baby. Um, you know, I'm we did lose the real Michigan. answer. We yeah. lost to Michigan by 39 points. Um, and that would definitely be a fun one. That'll be a fun one.
That's what I'm talking That'll about. That'll be our live can, show. That'll work. Can we get we'll a Kinnick at night? Uh, I hope, man. I hope. We haven't got one. In, I mean, have I you play, have you started Kinnick at night? Uh, not with fans. So. No. No not fans. We had one. Well, Wisco started, Actually, it got dark quick, but is that the one you're thinking? Yeah, because – it got I mean, dark, quick, was, but it wasn't at night. Was Same like, with Minnesota. But I wasn't playing. I was hurt. Um, That's right. So yeah, no, I haven't. I need. I need to get one in. Yeah, you do. So to watch you out there freaking under the lights. Speaking of that Michigan game, so you're in Indy. You're going up against arguably. What they have three, four. I mean, they'll have a lot of prospects going into drafts eventually, but this one specifically, Aiden Hutchinson, that yeah. man just absolutely had your number there. How take us, how do you prepare for that? How do you even like the hits? Come on, you got it. Um. Yeah, I mean, he only sacked me once, so let's just you know pump the brakes there a little bit, Forrester. Um, Giddy up. But no, he he's obviously obviously a great player. Uh, so I think like preparation wise, you just have to like understand that like we we cannot play third and long, um, just because any kind of like drop back pass that's that's going to be deep, like you're you're playing with fire. Um, so like you know that, um, and I, and I think just at a certain point you have to know you have to know where he's going to line up uh, so we can, we can call runs away from him so we can bootleg away from him. Like you just want to know where he's at. The problem is when it becomes that they have the DM on the other side is also a first round pick. Like that's where, you know, it kind of gets tough. Um, you know, two pretty good players. Uh, uh, I, I'm like forgetting the guy's name. Um, uh, uh, the, the 55. Yeah. He started playing as a junior in high school. A joke, a joke. Yeah. I should yeah. know that. Um, I know he's a beast. but yeah, like that's where that's where he's got to know. Like the boss come out of my hands quick. Because um, I want to say I only got sacked once, um, which which is which is a positive, I guess. Um, probably more of a positive if we scored more than three points. But um, yeah, you just got to know where they are. You know, you can't sit back there forever. When they come to Kinnick this year, how do you guys change that? I I think personally, KF under the lights or any big game, he like, that's his time to shine too. You look at Ohio state 2017. Um, would you been, no, you came the next semester. So the legend of that is him calling that first play, the pick six, Monty hooker. I mean, yeah. Kirk Ferentz, the mastermind, how does, how does he prepare you guys if at all, Brian Ferentz as well. Like, how do they get you guys ready for those games, especially when it's under the lights? Your guys' time to shine. Um, it's it's honestly like it's those team meetings. I mean, Coop can speak to it also, obviously, but those team meetings leading up are when you really see if how like emotional Coach Ferentz is about a certain game. Um, and that's always the best. Like, like you know, any big game, like his his a lot of his his points are just like, hey you know, it's don't make it more than it is. It's a football game. We have a job to do. Uh, it's, it's still the same game you've played for however long. Um, but then you also start to see the, the emotional side of them 
uh, here and there, like, you know, he'll start, he'll start tearing up thinking about like the opportunity we have and stuff like that. And that's where like, you really get as a player, like you really get fired up because um, you know how much, you know how much it means to him that, that we get the chance to go out there and play in, in a, in a game like, uh, like we will, you know, like the, like if it's, if it's like a Monday team meeting or a Wednesday team meeting before a big game, like he's, he's definitely, he's definitely going to probably, you know, tear up a little bit. He's going to get real emotional. And like, that's the, that's the best part, man. That stuff's awesome. Or the Friday nights before games, we always have a team meeting and it's the same thing. He's always, he's always getting fired up. Um, and that's, it's just, it just, it just pumps you up as a, as a player. And like winning those kind of games are a blast. Like it's crazy, especially if there's storm in the field, the fans, like it's wild, but like in the locker rooms are crazy turned after the games, like water bottles spraying everywhere. There's no better feeling though is when you kneel down and coach Ferentz calls you up and he can't get a word out because he starts crying yeah. at the end of the game and everyone stands up and goes crazy. That's like the craziest part of the game is when he starts crying, it's, it's the most fun part of it. If after every game, coach Ferentz cried, I would hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent. I mean, that brings up a great point. It, like the older he gets, one, I think he's in his prime right now. He's fantastic, oh, yeah. but he's always. He, I mean, he, there's no, there's he, no. Like, he's always line, in baby. Amen to that. Kirk Ferentz is an ageless fox, but with, <laughs> the, <laughs> but with that, you look at the Penn State game, and this question goes to both you guys. The video in the locker room after that, you see. Tory Taylor, Max Cooper, Riley Moss, Spencer Petras. Basically, like you look at all the team leaders that goes outside of you guys, you guys included. It just it looks like it just means so much to this guy winning every ball game out there. Like, please explain Kirk Ferentz to us because man, is he been incredible for Iowa football. Yeah, I'll, I'll just say this, like anytime it's like a, a real like great team win, like Penn State where like offense struggling early, defense struggling early, both like defense just shuts them out the rest of the game or, or effectively shuts them out. Offense, we score when we need to. We, we score enough points to win the game. Like we, we turn it around. We like make the plays when we need to. Special teams comes up with a bunch of huge plays, bunch of punts inside the five by Torrey, like total team win guaranteed he's going to get up there and be like, oh, you know, that was a fun one. And uh, and then like, boom. <laughs> exactly. exactly. Every single time. Every time. It's yeah, awesome. It's the dude, and going, going off of that, dude, like, because I was there 2017 when we lost to Penn State. And that was like, that game was the craziest game mm. ever. And we lost it. And like, it was rowdy. Saquon was playing. We had Josie. We had Josh Jackson. We had a hooker. Everyone. And then Oops. this year, I, I, yeah, and this year, I truly believe that was the, that was my favorite game I've ever been a part of in my entire life. And every time I see the play that ne- Spencer threw to Nico for the game winner, I text Nico every time, I'm like, dude, that I just got goosebumps watching that. I tear up watching it because, like, on the sideline, it was insane like the loudest thing of all time people were like in each other's arms crying it was it was freaking awesome and like after the game yeah. the locker room was crazy and coach Ferentz couldn't even get a word out like the first he walked yeah. in he looked at us and he's like yeah and then 
immediately. <laughs> and everyone gets up. Let's go! <laughs> it, was sick, dude. it was the greatest. It was uh, the greatest game I've ever been a part of. It was awesome. Uh, the, it was so cool because one, that's something Brian Ferentz doesn't get enough credit for. Is some of the play calls he had this year. One, I would argue that's number one in the Big Ten the entire season is that play call right there. And number two, Gus Johnson, that's on one of his all-time calls. <laughs> like, all-time. And Gary Dolphins, too. That that single play had Gary one of Gary Dolphins' best calls. I would still argue Drew Tate to Hallway is his best. And number two is Petrus to Regani. Dude, the best, the best part about that was we we so like we'll game plan certain plays like throughout the week and like what's gonna work, especially watching their film and mm-hmm. stuff like that. And we game plan that play against a bunch of teams because Nico kills that route and Spencer was throwing the money every single time. And it was just like one of those plays, it's like if we run this besides it's gonna, Kentucky, it's gonna be huge. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but that's that's a different story. That was that was later on. Hey, okay, that's all to I my did. defense, to my defense, I take a lot of heat for that play against Kentucky. But if you actually watch the film, um, there's a the corner. It was either the corner or the one of the linebackers is like running completely stride for stride with Nico, and so I'm like I'm like launching it, thinking like it's either a, it's either incomplete or it's, it's either Nico or no one. And then as I throw it, the guy, like, it's the weirdest play you've ever seen. The guy, the defender stops running, turns, and goes to cover our running back and on, like, a full sprint. And so the ball just lands, like, four yards in front of Nico with no one around him. But, you know, if you saw the whole picture, it's not as bad. To your defense, like, you have the hardest job, one of the hardest jobs on the field. And, like, that kind of play is just – it's tough to read. Like – it was a great throw. It's just a terrible situation to be in. And, like, you've, you've made that throw a million times. I've seen you do it. It's not a – Yeah. The fans not, get I'm out of that stuff. And it's just, like, what can you do? You know, you mess up one play, who cares? Next one. That's all it matters. Yeah. And you have that mindset. Will say, you're good. I will say the hardest job is not the quarterback. Uh, it's the backup punt returner if, if Charlie Jones is the, is the punt returner. Damn straight. Um, yeah. I because love that. Thank you. Every single it's an emotional return. roller coaster. I'm telling you, it's <laughs> crazy back there. Hey, Coop, why don't you? Why you don't you talk about in. Yeah, my <laughs> my dream as a kid, and this is this isn't even this year. This is 2019 when I was starting punt returner. My dream as a kid was to have Gus Johnson say my name. Oh, like oh, Cooper touchdown! And the only time he's ever said my name was against USC in the Holiday Bowl. And it was, oh, he muffed it. And that was <laughs> the, only, the only time he's ever said my name. I recovered it. I will say momentum could have swung if they would have recovered it. They didn't. I recovered it. We won that game. Kick butt. Thank Arguably you very much. play the game. Arguably play the game. <laughs> Man, I think it did. The momentum would have switched. We, I kept it going. We were fine. This year, though, I will say the Wisconsin thing was like the worst moment of my life. Like <laughs> one of the worst moments. Ever because I'm playing, I'm from Wisconsin. I'm playing my home stadium. We played in the state championship there. All my friends go to Wisconsin, and the whole game, I'm like, 
that'd be kind of wild if I got in for like a punt return. And then Charlie goes out and they're like, Coop, get in. I'm like, okay, this is going to be interesting. It's <laughs> like, I haven't, I haven't caught a punt this whole year. Like I haven't gone in once. So I'm like, all right, I'm not going to fair catch this. Cause I am arguably one of the best fair catchers of all time. And I, I, I put yeah. it up there and I, I'm, going in, I'm like, sense. I'm not fair catching this. This is my last year. I'm in front of all my friends, my family. I'm freaking taking this to the house. The, he punts it. I'm looking up. I'm like, oh, this is money. And then all of a sudden, I'm like, that's kind of up there for a while. And I can see in my peripheral, like someone's coming. In. I'm like, shit, this isn't good. So I throw a fair catch up, look down, look back up off the face mask. Boom. I hear people go nuts. I'm like, oh my gosh. I jump in the pile, damn well knowing I'm on the top of the pile. I'm not getting this ball. <laughs> and I'm just like thinking in my head, I'm like, what the hell just happened? And I'm jogging oh, off the goodness. field. And it was literally the worst walk-off jog off a field I've ever experienced. And it was like, I got into the sidelines like, hey, you're good, Coop. You're good. And I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, that sucks. And I know for a fact <laughs> after this game, my friends are going to be in my ear saying, tough look, Coop. And it was – it's exactly what happened. It was – I actually had one of my friends text me after the game saying, hey, thanks for the ball back. And I'm like, oh, too soon. But all right. Yes. I appreciate it. It was funny. After like an hour Brutal. and a half went by, it was funny. But, uh, yeah, it was tough. And then, yeah, and then the Big Ten Championship I went in. I'm like, this is my second time being on the field. Please, God, let me catch the ball. And they shanked it. And I called Peter on it. And that was <laughs> it. So – so it was, it was, a, it was an emotional argue, roller coaster. I would argue this is the most like professional move that Spencer's ever made. So your year, Spencer's a redshirt freshman slash sophomore at the time. He's on the sidelines. What do you, Coop? You're from Wisconsin. What do you think he asked me as a fan? I went to that game. As a fan, what do you think he asked me to bring back for him? A souvenir from Wisconsin. Uh, either spotted cow or cheese curds. <laughs> Bingo. And, you know, obviously it was for a friend of mine because I was I was 19 at the time. Jack. Right, um, right, 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 right. Obviously. Yeah, no, he was he was buying. I think he's, he was actually <laughs> buying for me. I, I asked Spencer to grab me some spotted cow. Yep. <laughs> and, and I think it worked out. I, but I might have snuck a couple, um, you know, but uh, yeah. but yeah, no, that was. I remember driving to, to Forster's apartment at Rise and uh, yeah, it was like it was like a it was like a drug deal was going down. Like you just pulled it right out, yeah, come on up and, and uh, yeah, gave me the spot. Oh. You're like one of those handshakes with the money in them. <laughs> and you're like, I'm coming in a truck. <laughs> yeah, it's like, the case. Yeah, it's the great truck, happen. can't miss it. Yeah. 2014 white van. In the back. <laughs> Just can't use a license plate number, everything. <laughs> I will say though, I'm gonna put this out there. Spotted cow is great, great beer. I'm a Labatt Blue guy myself, but and I tell people this all the time. If you're going night out with your buddies, you're going to someone's house and have a couple couple brews, maybe a little more than a couple, you bring a bush light. It's just how it is. Bush is the in Iowa, you greatest. Have you, have you have to. And I think after like being in Iowa, it's kind of just like now a part of me. And I bring Bush to people's houses and they're like, dude, what the hell is that? 
And it's like, come on, that's a quality like, beer. Yeah, right there. Have ten of them and tell me you don't love them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, you can you, know you can have a couple. Of them. You can find it's like water after six. The the rest <laughs> of the country, <laughs> rest of the country has no idea what a bushel is. That can comes in a corn and it is twice the taste. Oh, it tastes better too. I'm telling you, it yep. does. Oh, it's fantastic. It's just a great. It's a great beer. It's a great beer. It's made with love. <laughs> it's made with love. All right, so Spencer, you got to tell us, man. You come down. I mean, one you were you were locked in Oregon State, whatever. You know they're gone. Yep. Yep. One of the schools you visited, you took a tour up Nebraska. How quick did you write them off? Oh, um, you know, I will say this. Uh, at the time when they offered me. It was like by far my biggest offer, um, so I didn't write them off as quick as, as I, you know, in hindsight, I wish I did. Um, but you know, and, and I, I really, almost, Iowa. yeah, like Iowa was like fall of my senior year because like I, had, mm-hmm. my coach from Oregon State uh, left the program, so like it kind of opened back up. Um, but yeah, Nebraska offered me probably in the summer. Had they offered me like in March of my junior year, I, like I might have gone there. Um, but they, they had to wait to see if like the scholarship count or something. And and they offered me in June of my senior year or yeah, like June before my senior year. Um, but I'd already committed Oregon state at that point. So Oregon state you know, saved me from that. Um, but yeah, that was Mike Riley. Mike Riley was there. Like I had a, my, one of my best friends in high school, his dad was like uh, childhood best friends with Mike, um, or coach Riley. I don't know him. I probably shouldn't call him Mike. Um, but, uh, but yeah, like it was, it was cool, man. It was, you know, it was, it was more like just Mike Riley was just a really, really awesome guy. Cool, cool man. Nice human. So, um, so yeah, yeah. I wish I, I wish I maybe uh, did never consider him, but um, I did, and I gotta own that. We haven't lost to Nebraska. What is it? Eight straight now. I think it's seven, seven or eight. Seven straight. Yep. I thought it was seven going into this year. I will say this though, Nebraska, I will get either way, like the whole rivalry thing. I don't know. Like, yeah, we're rivals with them, but we've won eight straight, but their fan base is, I I respect the hell out of them. Like they sell out every game. Oh, it's so, it's so wild. I'd say like one of the craziest fans we've ever played. The thing is fraudulent. They don't sell out. It is fraud. I will say that they do have a couple of couple seats up there empty but it's i mean they 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 find people and ways to hype the state like i remember my, my freshman year they brought out adam divine and like i'm a huge like like at the time mike and dave need wedding dates that movie came out and i saw it like three times in the theater i thought it was hilarious but he was like pumping the crowd up i was in like oh because i'm like this is freaking sick dude but then we put a little spanking on him and Right. It's it's fun. It's it's definitely like they 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 get into the game. They can be Owen Owen eleven playing us, and they would be flipping us off and talking mad shit like on the sidelines. It's hilarious. It's a lot of fun, especially yeah. This, I think it was that's wild. what makes the three best three best fan bases. So when you guys were getting ready for the Big Ten title game, we were out drinking in Indy, and every single bar said. The three best schools, one that drink the most, 
two that tip the most. It's Iowa, Wisconsin, and Nebraska. They said every single Big Ten East school is not even on that list. They hate Ohio State. They hate Michigan for obvious reasons. Michigan's the worst fan base in the Big Ten. But they said <laughs> those three fan bases know how to drink. <laughs> I mean, oh, yeah. Dude, I was in I was in uh, Dick's Sporting Goods like last, last weekend, and I met some dude who was an Ohio State fan. And he's like – so I was wearing an Iowa shirt. He's like, you you from Iowa? I'm like, yeah, yeah, yeah. He's like, you know what? And then I, I'm like, yeah, as long as we hate Michigan, it's not a big deal. Like, that's the only thing that really matters. And he's like, exactly, exactly. He goes, honestly, out of any of the fan bases that like, we've drank with and, like, had, like, tailgated with, he goes, Iowa is by far the best, most kind and, like, fun fan base to hang out with, even if we're playing them. And it's, I think it's it's got to be true. I mean, I haven't experienced a lot of other places, but yeah, unless you throw in my fourth quarter of a game, yeah, yeah, yeah. get so kind. <laughs> a little, get a little aggressive with yeah. The Twitter, the Twitter heroes come out, come out humming after that. Oh right, it, right. The keyboard warriors. They did, they that's why. That's why I got crazy. the army. That's right. Hey, you got the army. You're, you're two guardians of the the palace. What have the fans meant to you at Iowa? I mean, Kinnick is packed. Penn State game, obviously, was one of the loudest things you've ever experienced. What do those fans mean to you? Yeah. Um, I mean, it's quite a bit, man. Like, the obviously, like, the atmosphere that they create on, you know, in Kinnick Stadium uh, is, is really hard to beat. Like, having played it, I want to say every stadium except we have the Edmund Rucker. Yeah haven't been to Ohio state and haven't been to uh, Michigan state, but I think we're going to Rutgers and Ohio state this year. You've been to Michigan state coop. Um, yep. That was the year before me. Um, like there's not many that are like Kinnick, man. Like it's, it's definitely special and that's all because of the fans. And, and even like after the Kentucky game, because that clip went around a little bit. Um, like I, I got back to Iowa city you know, for the start of the semester. And I had probably had like 15 like handwritten letters from fans. Like, um, they were all just like awesome, like just great, uh, you know, stuff like that where it just, the fans are great, man. The fans are great. Um, and there's, there's a, there's a lot of people that, um, that love the Hawks and and love every player on the Hawks. And it, it makes it, makes it a lot of fun. That, yeah, I mean, you come back from that. That that's what it's really about. So, we send you a bottle this week. Give the fans the story of this. This is awesome. Shout out to whoever dropped the bottle off in Spencer's house. No free ads. So we won't say what bottle, but <laughs> right, right. Um, There's a bottle yeah, of water. So we'll, they're wondering. Yeah. Um, so Forster, Forster texts me. Um, when was that Sunday and he, yesterday? Uh, and he's like, Hey, like send me your address like now. And I'm like, Oh, like, okay. And he goes like, what's your favorite whiskey? And so I, I told him, uh, no free ads. No, no, no. Yeah, we'll leave that out. <laughs> but, uh, so like 30 minutes later, this guy shows up at my house, um, and knocks on the door and goes, Hey, are you Spencer? I'm like, yeah. Um, and he goes, uh, like I just need to like scan your ID, like blah blah blah. So I, have, I handed my my ID. He goes, oh, like California. I was like, yep. You know, classic, like just yep, long way away. Like you know, it's 
just shooting the shit kind of deal. And then uh, he goes, hey, uh, you have any signed pictures back there that I could I could give to my kids? And uh, and yeah, I was just like, uh, like no, I'm I'm sorry, man. Like I don't keep like a bunch of signed photos of myself in the room. <laughs> like, but uh, it was, I mean, it, it, he meant very well, obviously. Um, oh, it was yeah. funny. I'm not I'm not that like in love with myself to to just keep a bunch of autographed pictures hanging up on my wall. Maybe a coop. I might put that. You know what I coop? I never freaking printed hey, out that. Hey, photo hey, wait, wait. Right there, baby. There we go. Yeah. He should have showed up at Coop's house and he would have had right pictures there. for him. Who so, yeah, wait, person, did, did this picture. delivery driver get a signed picture or what? No. I wish he'd like re- – if he ever like reaches out to me. Um, That's the like beauty of a pod. Let's get yeah, this so man. Great, baby. Let's get this man a signed picture. I forget his name, uh, but you know who you are. That's not going to help. Um, I, I, you know, I don't remember his name, unfortunately. No, I think I, um, I have the info, so we'll we'll get it. There we go. There we go. We'll right. get it. Wait, um, hey, wait. Going back, going off of like going back. To, I I was going to say something. Got really off topic. Um, the whole Hawkeye fans thing. So Spencer, Nico, Ryan Grisande came to visit me. I'm in Charleston, and. Like, Hawkeye fans are all over the place. Like, for example, on St. Patrick's Day, they came to visit me. Um, we went to this little brewery pub place and uh, just having a couple drinks. And the owner of the place is from Iowa, from Iowa City, came out. He went to West. Yeah, yeah, he went to West High. And he was, like, the nicest guy in of Charleston. all time. In Charleston. And, like, he, he owns a place. It's, like, right up the street from me. And – uh Got a picture with him. He was hanging out with us the whole time. It just shows that, like, all Hawkeye fans, like, I mean, they're all over the place. And I think that yeah. they are actually the best fans of all time. Even though they can be a little harsh sometimes. Sometimes. But we're they're still great fans. Even though they can be a little harsh sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Like, I would yeah. say, the, the coolest thing about being a Hawkeye fan is, one, like – Maybe you've experienced this since you've graduated, but when football season comes around, you find out that you're not the only one in your city. I found out right away there there is literally a Hawkeye fan page. I'm in Dallas, so there is a <laughs> Hawkeye Dallas fan page, and they have four separate bars where if you're in one suburb, you meet here. If you're in another suburb, you meet here. If you're in the city – Everyone goes to a bar here. That's fully Hawkeye. The guy went to Iowa who owns it. Like it's all in and it's like Hawkeye football or die there. So I think that's one of the cool questions I have for you, for you both is the tailgating scene. I would put up there with any other school. Like when you guys are walking into the stadium, you guys get there way earlier you guys are warming up. Do you get all the smells, the sounds, like all the feel from Iowa City that weekend, or what? So I'll 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 let uh, Coop chime in as well. But um, at Iowa, obviously, so we drive through Coralville on the way in. Um, so like you start to see them like right 
like where the Hawkeye Express used to roll through, like that uh, kind of near like um, Pita Pit and Peking Buffet, like that area. Um, Duncan. Once you, yep. yep. Once you hit there, like it's the streets are lined. I will say this: the craziest one I've been at. It's only because of like the locations of the tailgates was Iowa State this past year. Um, like we got off the bus and it was game day. So like, it was it was nuts, but like we got off the bus and it was literally as far as the eye could see was just tailgates. And there's no like there was no barrier. Like it was just like like students that were working trying to like hold people back and like they were doing a half-assed job, just like it was it was wild. Like it was wild. And then we get out for pregame. Um, not even pregame for the primer, which is like an hour and a half before kick. Usually stadium is like empty, like everywhere. Kinect, there's decent, like the student section is like starting to fill up. Iowa State student section was full hour and a half before the game full. And it was like unbelievable. It was so fun. Like it was like, you felt like you were, you know, going into, I don't even know, like you were a gladiator going into Coliseum. Like it was crazy. Or the cra- they, yeah. they oh, have yeah. that trolley where everyone's hanging off the side, like pissed drunk. You know, the, they have the whole tailgate field out there. And all of that excitement just leads right into the visiting locker room. <laughs> yeah. Brilliantly yeah. designed. It's awesome, dude. <laughs> dude, it's crazy. It's great. Like, like, Iowa State, they get into it. And, like, every like what Spencer's talking about, when we're on the bus going, like, through Coralville, that is, like, it's a moment that it's even it's impossible to describe because like you got people cheering you on, they're tailgating in the middle of the tailgate, turn around, cheering you on. You get on the field, you smell the brats, you smell the beer. It's like, <laughs> dude, this is like this is sweet. And then like you play Iowa State, even at Kinnick. I remember one time, I don't know if I was a freshman, sophomore. Um, we were pulling up right by going right about a past Carver. And some chick was pulling – or not pulling. She was pushing, like, her kids in the cart and like, a little, like, stroller. And literally, like, she's a mom, like, pushing kids. Stops in her tracks, turns to the bus, flips us off. And, just goes <laughs> right back and it's, like – it's just – it's crazy. Like, they get so into it. And then, like, Spencer's talking about Iowa State is, like – this year was, like – like – some away games, it's like, ah, it's like people are booing you, stuff like that. You got off the bus. We were pulling up. There were, like, people in front of the bus, part of the crowd, like, getting out of the way. We'd get off. We'd see, like, eight Iowa fans. And it was, like, our moms, like, like trying to say hi to us. And then, like, the security guards would come through and, like, push everyone out of the way. And people, like, we had headphones in. But, like, you'd turn around. You could see people, like, like just dropping bombs in our face, like, saying, like, ew, like, just, like, hardcore and then like when we come out for warm-ups we're just talking about it was like you'd come out of the tunnel you're like this is pretty sick you'd pass like where like the fans could see you and as soon as you got where they could see you it was like booing for like 10 minutes straight like you were coming out the fans are flipping you off the student section's full just like it was it's just the craziest environment like they get so worked up and like it's it's awesome. It's so much fun, and there's it's, it's just such an opposite side of the spectrum going into Kinnick and then going into Jack Trice. It's just nuts. It's funny from a fan perspective though, because we went to Ames, Iowa, uh, the year with the lightning delay and the hail, <laughs> which oh. 
One of, probably one of the best Hawkeye games of all time. Obviously, the two Cyclones run right into each other. But we're in the stadium. And we're chirping every fan in there, just bashing Ames, Iowa, inferior to Iowa City. Bashing Iowa State. They haven't beaten us in who knows how long. They sure won't anytime soon. And we're walking out of there chirping all that. And none of the fans will just hit us in the face. <laughs> you know, you're in Iowa City and Wisconsin comes in and beats us. That would have been uh, the year. 18. They, they, yep. Yeah. 18. They led that comeback drive at the very end. And every single person in red, I think, got punched right in the face leaving Kinnick. Like, that was a bloodbath. <laughs> but it's like the difference that you see in the fan base is, is crazy because, I mean, I, in Iowa, football just means more to people. And I think that, that that's something that's cool, and you guys bring a lot to that, especially leading us to Indy for the first time. I mean, Spencer, you were the second quarterback other than Bathard to get there. So hey, props to you for bringing us that hype. Yeah, but right, so, that was obviously was it was awesome. It was it was a team, baby. It was it was a hell, right. hell of a year, man. You grew up in California. How on earth did you become a country music fan? Ooh, uh, it started like my freshman year of high school. The guy that used to drive me to school um, would only play country. I don't know how the hell he got into it, but. Um, he would play like Florida Georgia line and stuff. And I'm not the biggest Florida Georgia line fan. I know Coop, that's like right up your alley. I freaking love FGL, Uh, baby. FGL. (laughs) FGL. That's not necessarily my forte, but I definitely like liked it. And then my, one of my best friends from high school uh, named Peter Brown, um, he, he really. Dog receiver. Shout out Peter Brown. Yeah. Yeah, he was a he was a beast, bro. He caught like twenty touchdowns my senior year. Um, he uh, he showed me like all the old country and stuff, and that's how I that's how I got into it. So, question for you: the TikTok that went viral. Did you guys even did you guys practice that, or was that fully just no? Like that was that was hundred percent off the dome. Um, that was actually was awesome. the night before the night before I left for Iowa. Um, like for the first time, uh, so it would have been like January of 2018. Um, we were all hanging at my buddy Leo's house, uh, and we used to like do that stuff all the time. Uh, and, and we just like did it and one of my buddies recorded it and then, yeah, it was over COVID. We were just like bored and he sent it in the bar stool and it got posted, um, which was pretty cool. Yeah. It was that, I don't know, like we have a pretty musically inclined group. Um, so we used to do kind of stuff like that pretty frequently. Yeah, that was. Oh yeah, that was. Awesome. Who who was your first Here's favorite the, artist? Country wise, yeah. Um, probably like Willie Nelson or, I mean, like Johnny Cash, like those the older guys, Waylon Jennings, um, Hank Williams Jr. stuff like that. Uh, mm-hmm. But then, as I got it's into, because there's like, <laughs> yeah, um, <laughs> the goat, the goat. As as I got into, um. 
like as you listen to it enough it's like there's only so many songs that they have um obviously because like they're all dead now except willie willie's still kicking um so then i i started getting into more newer guys and still still like them but yeah first segment we got rapid fire teammate style iowa city edition spencer petrus you're on the clock favorite bar in iowa city probably brothers uh maybe maybe summit maybe summit gets thrown in there oh bold move who would you not let get your sister on the team definitely riley moss best tiktoker current or old from the team uh, yeah, Nico Regani, probably. Definitely not Coop. No, just just Nico, not Coop. Uh, okay, cool. Uh, biggest simp on the team? Charlie Jones. <laughs> <laughs> That's too easy. Hardest place to play in the Big Ten? Camp Randall. Um, out of any team you play, who is the most hated slash team you want to beat? Not hated. That's a, that's a strong word. Just what team do you want to beat the most? Iowa State. A guy on the team you want in your corner in a fight. Monty Potterbaum. Ooh, I like it. Uh, okay, past or present, who can eat the most food at one time on the team? Lindy. Or Kyla Schott. Kyla Schott. Yeah, yeah okay. there it is. Shoot <laughs> baby. Come on. <laughs> What does that do to Lindy's draft stock? We'll find out. Most <laughs> swag on the team. Uh, or present. Or past. Um, I'll give this one to Coop, man. I'll give it to Coop. I'll throw him a bone. Hey, let's go. Come on, baby. <laughs> give me it. Um, what is the most popular song in the locker room before practice? Firework, Katy Perry. Yep. There we go. Yep. Who's a celebrity you want to take out on a date? Ana de Armas. Oh, good I like answer. Good, good call. answer. Good call. War dogs. Thank you. Thank you. Yep. All right. Uh, go to drink alcoholic and or non-alcoholic or both. Uh, <laughs> I mean, if I'm going to have like a pop, it's Diet Coke. Um, and then Ooh. alcoholic. Uh Probably just a beer or a, or a or a vodka soda lime. What beer? Uh, you know, Bush Lights can be my go-to light beer. Uh, Pseudo Sue is my go-to uh, craft. Oh, beer. all right. Yes. Yeah. I like it. Yeah. Yes. So fans, you see Spencer at the bar, you go and get him a vodka soda lime, or you get him a Bush Light. Bo's <laughs> <laughs> football career. What's your dream job? Uh, to be a head coach somewhere, college football. That's yep. what I'm talking about. Love it. Are you Are you going to try and join Kirk's staff? Uh, yeah, man. If he'd have me, shoot, definitely. That's what I'm. Th- that's the goat right there, Kirk Ferentz. Well, that's Spencer Petras. Goat baby, the goat. First podcast, Spencer. Best of luck to you this season. We're rooting for you, and we'll have you on again this summer. Yes, sir. Appreciate it, Jack. Appreciate it, Coop. Great talking to you, boys. I'm out. It is, uh, you too, brother. It is my great honor. It is my great honor to be the inaugural guest of Men on Melrose. And can't wait to see where this journey takes you, boys. Thanks, yeah, Appreciate it.